Hello and welcome back to the Unlatched podcast, a podcast sharing spoken word and original music from one home to another. I'm Amy. And I'm Jess. And this is episode nine. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. This episode is going to be a bit different. Instead of the usual open mic setup followed by a musician spotlight interview, we're going to do a look back at 2020 for the new year. We were intending to do this a while ago, but we got caught up just trying to relax over Christmas and took some extra time off. So we're going to do this now and dedicate this episode to looking back at 2020, thanking all of our amazing contributors. And also, you know, if you haven't listened to all of the previous episodes, we kind of want to showcase that there is so much amazing work that we got sent and so much to listen to if, like us, you are in lockdown again. And yeah, we thought we'd have a look back and explore the podcast. We also thought that we might read a couple of things from us and we're going to have a little bit of a chat with Josh Kashtan from Kashtan Music who made the podcast intro for us. I guess we also just want to say what the podcast has meant to both of us. I know that when I've not been feeling that creative, you know, it comes it comes and goes. I get kind of very productive periods and then I don't do anything for a long time. This has really kept me going to hearing the creative things that other people are doing and it's been so inspiring and honestly just heartwarming I think the whole idea we started with or you started with with throwing a window open you know kind of you're in lockdown you're in your house but just throwing open the window and hearing everything come in from outside and letting in the voices of others it's definitely felt like that kind of experience I feel like it's been really uplifting definitely and I think as well as having different voices coming in and having that in your own home, it's also been really nice to be able to travel through all of the different pieces that we've been sent um, and hear different voices and get to know different characters and different people and different mindsets. And yeah, just explore a lot from inside our four walls almost. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this year or last year, 2020 was going to be a year where I was supposed to do a lot of traveling. I had work lined up in France and then work lined up in Spain um, and all of that's been cancelled. But I kind of feel like I've got a good amount of a traveling fix from this. It's been really nice. I feel like I've traveled (laughs) all the way across the world to places (laughs) I've never been to before and learned a huge amount about different places and different time periods. Yeah, definitely. And backwards in time as well haven't we there's been a fair few like historical fiction things that have been really nice or you know just like revisiting memories and that sort of thing yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah, I guess it kind of shows that it's been a period of reflection as well for a lot of people yeah definitely I was on a walk earlier and I was thinking about you know that we were going to be recording this and thinking about how it started and how it was literally me sat on my living room floor with my little voice recorder so not even like a proper desk microphone or anything like we've got now and just sat on my floor no theme music no nothing um I had pieces from friends from university basically and Jess you were you were one of those because you contributed to the first one and yeah just thinking about it and how much it's grown from there um we've now got the great theme music from Josh that we're gonna talk to him about later um and I mean, we're not like a huge podcast, but I think we have got a community and that's really special. And everyone that sends us work, we have a really positive interaction with. And it's just really nice to hear and that we're doing something for people. Yeah, absolutely. We've had a lot of really positive feedback from people. And I think as well, it's so nice having people who will submit again, that they had a nice experience the first time and want to submit something else. It maintains the relationship too. So if you submitted before and would like to submit anything else to us, please do. Uh, We're intending to carry this on into 2021, despite the fact that we're both working. They'll probably be slightly less frequent, even though they weren't necessarily (laughs) that scheduled beforehand. (laughs) Um, But we feel like lockdown three needs it. We were hoping it wouldn't still be relevant, but it is. And I know that we've already got some amazing submissions that we've yet to look over for episode 10. So that's really exciting. And if anyone else would like to submit, our submissions are always open. Yeah, I was thinking as well, we're coming up to the 10th episode and for a normal podcast, that isn't a lot, is it? You know, that's 10 weeks or whatever. But for the amount of work that we put into putting it together and on top of jobs and all of that, and we we do really think about what we're going to say about each piece and, you know, doing the interviews and stuff. And yeah, I'm just really proud that we've got to that even. I mean, I guess it's more like 10 months than it is 10 weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's almost more like a magazine though, isn't it? 
Yeah. I think. An audio magazine. Yeah. We were talking about that originally as a kind of idea of where to go from this. I think we liked the idea of this sort of being like an audio magazine for people to submit to. Yeah, sadly, as Jess said, it's still relevant as a lockdown project, which I really hope that by January 2021, we wouldn't still be here. But, you know, that's that's the way it is. And yeah, it is still really nice to, to get stuff in. I'm looking forward to the next episode and episodes to come. So thank you to everyone who submitted. And if you haven't submitted, like, please dig something out. Later, I'm going to read something that I found that I think I wrote about three years ago and and revisiting so it doesn't have to be recent we know that people struggle with creativity during lockdown like I definitely have so yeah it's a space to share whatever whatever you've been up to yeah and sometimes going back and looking over something old can rekindle a lot of your creativity because although you're not creating something from scratch you're still having to be creative in the way that you're looking at it and it can be a really nice starting point sometimes so just to dig in a little bit more to the actual performers and pieces that we had in 2020 we had a real range in our musician spotlight and I mean originally it started this is very boring and technical and to do with streaming sites and the rights of those but originally we started out not on places like Spotify and um, which have quite strict rules about what music you can play um, so we did have like full pieces on originally but when we moved to streaming sites we had to change that so we had two pieces we had some experimental electronic music by an artist called Poinley and some really beautiful guitar music from James Caton in the first two episodes and I think that almost sets the tone really of the range of stuff that we've had what do you think Jess? Yeah absolutely I mean I should also point out that both of those tracks are available to listen to on the website if you go to their musician spotlight pages and all of the links to their social channels are on there as well but yeah I mean going from kind of beautiful classical guitar and like the electronic experimental stuff we've really had such a wide variety of of people and I think as well you know, although initially it was a shame to switch from playing full tracks of music to not being able to show much of a track, just a preview, the interviews that we moved on to have been amazing. I think it's just been so nice to talk to musicians about making music and making that connection between all forms of creativity, the way that they talk about lyric writing and the similarities that has to writing bits of fiction, nonfiction, poetry, all of that. And actually, I've learned so much because I'm not a writer of music. So, you know, I think in the first interview that I did with Bossy King, who are an electronic duo, I was asking them questions. And I was like, I don't even have the terminology to ask you the question <laughs> that I want to ask. Um, so I'm just going to have to say these words and you're going to have to pick up and figure out what I'm trying to ask. And then they're like, oh, yeah, it's this. This is fine. So, yeah, I think I have learned a lot doing it as well. I mean, even I, I would consider myself fairly musical. I mean, I'm sure people will have made the connection by now, but the composer who made our intro music, Josh Cashdan, is my brother. Um, and we're all quite musical. I used to play in a band with my brothers a very long time ago. So I know a little bit about music making and my brothers both have recorded a lot of their own music. But I still learned a huge amount from all of these interviews I mean especially with genres that I don't necessarily know very much about like the choral compositions when we talked to Peter Ralph in our latest episode I didn't know anything about that although my brother's a composer he does a lot of instrumental stuff so composing for a choir is is very very different but also just the perspectives on music making that every single one of them brought I was really interested in Bossy King's way of writing music that's the electronic duo from episode four they spoke about the fact that they take some of their lyrics from old notebooks and just passages from like old diaries and things that one of them picks out from the other one's notebooks <laughs> which I think is an amazing way of sharing things and reimagining things and I love as well Louis Mars's music he was our musician spotlight for episode five is an indie musician who's <laughs> one of my younger brother's friends uh, who played in a band with him He's released an entire album and is releasing new tracks all the time, but his lyrics are incredible. They really capture the feeling of being a teenager and this moment as well of kind of being locked in your house as a teenager and the frustrations of that. Yeah, I mean, when I spoke to Louis, I was just absolutely amazed that he'd produced and is producing so much work and that he can have that level of creativity when, you know, like, 
I can't even write a poem and he's producing a whole album. Like it's just amazing. And I think that's been a really interesting discussion that we've had with, I think, pretty much all of the musician spotlights is how do you keep yourself motivated and how do you keep creating? And I think for all of them, I think it's something that they just feel they have to do um, and have to produce music. And I think it's amazing. Yeah, I think I felt that a lot in uh, the interview I did with The Kind and they were amazing to talk to, but they were both so optimistic. Despite everything that happened and all of the plans that they had this year, they found a new way of making music and a new way of reaching out to their fan base and, you know, releasing EPs and just constantly making new stuff. I I found that incredibly inspiring. I think that's a really good point, actually, about the kind having a really positive outlook, because I think actually all of them do. All of our musician spotlights had that, you know, even... Even Louis, who is a teenager trapped in his bedroom and feels like he's kind of fighting against the walls. And, you know, I think that really comes across in his lyrics. Like, I think even he was really positive. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Are musicians just positive people? Is that is that what we're getting here? <laughs> I mean, I guess I've been, I've been writing about some stuff like this for some of the blogging that I do. I think creativity leads to positivity or helps positivity. You know, if you can take something not that great or that's interrupted your life or that's been really significant. I know for a lot of people, it's probably been quite traumatic and turn that into something. It allows you to process that. It allows you to find meaning within your experience, even though it seems quite meaningless and you have so little control over it on the surface. I think by producing something, by connecting with that and connecting with yourself, you process it and you immediately come to a more positive outlook because you feel like you're able to make something of it and move forward. Yeah. And I mean, our most recent musician spotlight was Peter Ralph, who's a classical and choral composer. And he set up and is part of the Ancore Isolation Choir, which like our project is a direct response to lockdown and a particular situation that choral singers found themselves in where you can't meet up and sing together and trying to rehearse singing over the internet just doesn't work because of delays and sound um, that really makes a difference for singing and his response was to create this pre-recorded and then pieced together choir and these beautiful pieces that you know if you're feeling a bit stressed and worn out I'd really recommend going and listening to those because they are just beautiful and really calming. I showed a couple of the pieces to some friends and family members and I have to say quite a few of them cried because of how beautiful they found them. Yeah they're just amazing and I think I don't think most of us come into contact with choral music on a regular basis and yet whenever I hear choral singing it does just give me that response of I just want to cry because it's just so beautiful Um, And so kind of pared back and as much as I totally respect and love like really intricate melodies on, you know, electronic things or stuff like that, like I love that as well. But there is something just gorgeous about a group of people putting their voices together and singing. I think that's the thing that really gets me is all of the harmonies melding together. But it is it's an act of community. You know, you're reaching out to other people and you're creating these amazing harmonies that are so textured and so layered. I think that's something that's really necessary right now. I think just listening to it, everyone kind of saw a bond that was being forged, despite the fact that everyone is in their own homes and not with each other when they're recording that. It's still a reaching out, a reaching out across the internet, across a virtual platform. And I I felt like that was just really special to witness. And it, it really pinpointed something that I was feeling And the fact that singing can bring people together that way and words can bring people together that way is is wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. So if like us, you are in lockdown again, um, there's plenty of music to listen to. You know, you could listen to the interview and then go and listen to the tracks or listen to the tracks and then come and listen to the interview. And um, yeah, there's like plenty of music to discover. um, And I hope it helps in some way. Yeah, and like I say, on their um, Musician Spotlight pages for each of them, you can find all of their social links, their links to their Spotify artist pages, their YouTube channels, anything else. So you can find all of their music on there and read a little bit about them if you want to do that before listening to the interview or vice versa. I've just remembered The Kind because I listened to their songs like incessantly. I think one of their songs was like my number five of my Spotify wrapped. 
Oh, fantastic. Because I was just obsessed. They're just so good. And just remind me of summer, actually. And being sat in my back garden with my housemate when we couldn't see anyone else, but we were having barbecues <laughs> and listening to the kind. I think that's just, yeah, it takes me back. Can I ask, was it Lose Yourself in Me? I'll have a look. I'll find it. Because I think I played that one the most. It's just, <laughs> yeah, so good. Oh, number eight. Yeah, Lose Yourself in Me. Oh, yeah, yes. it was. It is that song. And then it's Falling, good. I think, is about 14 on my list. Falling is just beautiful as well. I love talking to them about that track. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just so good. When it comes to our writers, um, we've had writers contributing from all over the world and it's been so lovely to hear all of these amazing pieces and we would love to go through and talk about every single writer who submitted um, and their piece but you know there just isn't enough time in this episode to do that and if you want to hear everything you can go and listen to the episodes but yeah we thought we'd pull out some of the kind of places that we've visited alongside these writers because they have transported us to places all over the world um, and it's been amazing to listen to. Yeah we've been to places uh, like I, I really enjoyed being taken back to Lake Bled in Slovenia where I was living for a couple of months. That was really special. Yeah that was really special. Yeah. We've been taken to Mongolia, to Portugal, to the heart of London. We've been taken to the seaside multiple times which I love. God I miss the sea. <laughs> we have a lot of seaside poems and pieces of writing don't we I've only just realized I'm sure I'm not the only one longing for the sea and that's possibly where some of those are coming <laughs> we've also journeyed into people's pasts we've discussed mental health we've discussed body positivity we've discussed politics I think also there's been a lot of sunshine and, yes. and sunlight and I think you know if because you're in winter and feeling I don't know quite fed up with the short days I think it'd be a, you know I'm going to go back and listen to some of those and remember what it's like to feel really hot sun. Well I mean absolutely we have an episode called Journeys in the Sun or Journeys Under the Sun. And... Oh we do don't we? I forgot we yeah. named it that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that's the perfect example i mean obviously they're threaded throughout all of the episodes but yeah oh, there's so much sunshine and optimism through so many of the pieces and we've had such a range of forms as well from like children's fiction to poetry to non-fiction to fiction pieces and short stories it's been amazing and also i think it'd be nice to say that when i started this it began you know i basically said to friends like you jess like oh i've got this idea could you send me a recording and then it's grown from that. Like by episode two, we were getting people submitting who like I didn't know. And it's kind of grown from there and being able to to hear from writers who we don't know and experiences that we, we haven't experienced at all, I think is really special. Yeah, it's been a big thing for me. I mean, obviously, some of the initial idea behind your setting this up was as a kind of stand in for open mic events. But it's become so much more than that. And I think with open mic events, you've got to get the people there. And it's usually a local thing, which obviously has its its merits and its community building. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. But this is rapidly expanded. You know, we have people contributing from anywhere and everywhere. Uh, and it's just been amazing to be able to do that, to have an open mic kind of platform in a, you know, audio magazine podcast kind of way. <laughs> And I think it does It does really range from, you know, we've got people who are submitting who are still at university or, you know, I was going to say like us are newly graduates, which I'd like to hope we still count <laughs> as that. <laughs> and then, you know, like full-time professional writers. So, yeah, it's amazing. And thank you. Yes. Yeah. And we like to stress that, you know, in future episodes, we welcome submissions from anyone, whether you're trying your hand at writing for the first time or the first time in a long time, or whether you are a published writer, we want to hear from all of you. I think as well, talking about the community that we've built through doing this project, we found that also on social media. Um, seems like a good time to mention our social media. You can find us on Twitter at UnlatchPod and as Unlatch Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can find links to all of our accounts on our website at unlatchpodcast.com. I don't know if I segued into that well enough. No, I think that was fine. Yeah, it has been really nice to form that community. And one of the things I really love is when we publish a new episode and there's people who have submitted before 
who share it or you know like it and it's just really nice that it has that ongoing support from people um speaking of support it feels like a good time to share our interview with Josh Cashton who is the composer of our brilliant theme music Here's Jess having a chat with Josh about what inspiration he needs for a piece of music, what else he's been up to during lockdown, and what music means to him. I'm here with Josh Kashtan of Kashtan Music, composer for films, games, TV shows, and more, and the musician behind our podcast introduction music. Hi, Josh. Hi there. So I just want to start by talking to you about how we went about making the intro for the podcast or how you went about making the intro. I think mostly we we did a bit of back and forth um, where we discussed what we kind of wanted. We didn't make it very easy for you. And we had some examples of podcast intros that we liked and we had some ideas of what we wanted. In the end, you asked us for a mood board of words Uh, which again, we didn't make very easy for you by picking some very obscure words, but you worked with it. Um, Is this usually the way you work? Is this a common method that you use? How how do you usually go about starting a piece or finding the right inspiration or way in? Uh, I would say that usually for a project, um, it's very helpful to have uh, like a reference track in mind, um, something to bounce ideas off to get things flowing a bit easier. But it's also just a reference point. You can look at all the different aspects of the track. It's, it's a track that someone selected because they just see it working very well with their game or, or their film. And you can also see that track as a, as a template with the, sometimes if they already have the footage, you can see that and you can actually see that working yourself. And because you already know that that works, it's, it's just a good level of indication as to how well that's going to work for you when you're taking ideas from that. Um, but when you don't have a reference track, I think it's just best to try and get an idea, try and get as many words that define the mood of what they're looking for, and then try and use that and try and translate that into music. And that just takes, it takes practice to understand how that process works. Yeah, well, you did a really good job of it with with ours, actually. Uh, you know, we gave you some very strange words, but you did, in the end, capture exactly what we were going for, this sort of feeling of a, a window open to the world. Um, your music is very versatile, and you cover compositions for games of all genres, to short films, feature films, documentaries. Are there specific things you look for in a brief to know that it's something that you want to do? Um... I would say, because I'm quite versatile, there's a lot of projects that I know I can do. If there's something I've already done, then I can definitely do it, of course. Um, I would say if, if I get a horror brief or something like that, I will definitely be very enthusiastic because for me, I have a lot of, in my in my kit, in my samples and my and my virtual instruments, my libraries, I have a lot of samples that are suited to, to that kind of genre. Um, but if I get something that's more orchestral but let's say it relies heavily on jazz sort of orchestral jazz style or a piece that relies upon live recording of guitar um that's a bit trickier um because i don't have as as wide access to those to those things Mm. um so so when it comes to having to use live instruments that incurs an additional fee and not everyone has that fee so you kind of have to weigh up which jobs you're going to take, which jobs you're not going to take based on the kit that you currently have. And just try and expand as a musician with every project and also trying to expand my my virtual instruments and get them sounding more complex and, and get them sounding more capable for what I'm trying to achieve with every project. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I suppose, especially now, getting uh, recordings of live instruments, it's quite hard. You can't exactly invite people to a studio to do that kind of thing. And in terms of that, you're you're a self-employed creative. Um, how are you finding work at the moment? Both, you know, how are you feeling about it, but also how are you going about getting jobs and work? I know you're quite persistently looking for work and actively looking for work. Do you have any advice for anyone else trying to do the same at the moment? Um, yeah, I would say try and think outside the box. Don't just do things that other people are doing because if everyone's doing the same thing, then the better composers or the ones who already have existing networks in certain groups 
or circles will just get in ahead of you every time. Um, so try and think outside the box. I use a couple of sites, one called TigSource and one called Lemmasoft. They're both for uh, sort of more niche, sort of smaller, on a smaller scale, people developing games or visual novels. Um, so I've recently finished a couple of games actually through those sites. One was through TigSource, one was through Lemmasoft. But yeah, basically just try and think outside the box. Um, Facebook groups, there's a lot of Facebook groups. Uh, they're good, but there's a lot of composers on them. Um, so for me, just trying to find independent developers on Twitter and independent developers on these other lesser known sites and also doing a bit of searching on LinkedIn as well, because actually younger people aren't really on LinkedIn that much because it's not really their generation. Um, so the, the up and coming composers coming through will kind of be avoiding these kind of sites. Um, so you might find more luck in areas where le there will be less composers. That's a really good tip. And yeah, you, you've been finding a lot of work at the moment through very actively searching for it. And despite the lockdown, I have to ask, apart from our intro, obviously, uh, what's the most exciting project you've worked on in 2020 or a couple of the most exciting things to you that you've been doing recently? Oh, um, yeah, it's got to be the um, kids animation I've been working on uh, for the last four months. And so I've been with that project from right from the beginning of that through to the end, which should be finishing around about this week. And they should be getting me the final animation with the with a professional voice actor. Uh, they're getting a, a voiceover done by someone who's worked with Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon. So it's, it's quite big news. And I was quite lucky in that I've approached a lot of people on LinkedIn for animation work. They happen to have some spare money in the budget and um, they let me come on board for their project. And it's just been a really fun project, basically just doing what I want and doing very orchestral upbeat music, but there's a lot of magic to it and a lot of uh, variety as well. And I also got one of my friends to do some uh, live guitar on that one. Yeah, if, if you if you ever need live recordings, do try and get a friend to do it because it will be a lot cheaper. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense too final question for you and it's quite a broad one but what does music mean to you I mean do you consider yourself to be a creative person how did you know that it was what you wanted to do that kind of thing well I it, I think it started when I was having piano lessons or, or keyboard lessons and I just kind of got bored of practicing because I, I very quickly finished learning a piece or I just want to take a break and then I was at the piano and I just start composing and I, I found that quite fun and I would also compose electronic music as well so I'd start working on the piano and electronic music and it wasn't really until I was 18 that I started having a more of appreciation for for classical more orchestral music and then also doing the undergraduate degree got me more interested um, and then I spent I really spent a sort of couple of years away from from composing and it wasn't really till the summer before my masters that I really wanted to get back into it again so it's been a bit up and down but for me music has just always been a big part of my life from a very early age I've had to kind of make the process get more enjoyable but as it becomes more professional sometimes you have to do things that are a little bit more um, uncomfortable but um, for me it's definitely something that will always be more enjoyable than say working in hospitality and the the sort of social anxiety and stress that comes with that as opposed to the challenges that I face uh, in my composing life I, I would nine times out of ten always be want to be sat here making music instead that's a really lovely note to end on actually you know doing mm. the things that you enjoy that challenge you that make you feel good uh, thank you so much for talking to me Josh no worries thank you very much for having me Thank you so much, Josh, for that interview. And of course, thank you for our amazing theme music. Um, it really is one of the things that makes this podcast so special. And I mean, I love hearing it every time that we put together a new episode. So thank you. So we thought we'd do some readings because I think we thought this episode was going to be too short otherwise. 
and it's probably quite long at this point. I'm not sure how it's gonna how long it's gonna end up at this point in edit, but yeah. So if you're still here, thank you. Um, we thought we'd share some of the work that we've been doing. Jess, I think you've been doing more than me, whereas I've been sort of digging around and finding old stuff and revisiting it. It's the perfect way of representing, you know, the submissions we're open to, whether it's something recent or whether it's something old that you've dug up. Yeah, exactly. So Jess, you told us a while ago or a couple of episodes back you talked to us about your predictive text poems and yeah so we thought you'd read one of those for us yeah absolutely yeah I talked about the predictive text poem in a, in a previous episode uh, which is a project that I set up recently and all of the links to all of that are, are on our website underneath the episode I, I talked about it in. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to read you a poem from November called what happens now I'm in the flat reading the opening word of the year, just trying to find out what happens. I don't want to know it all, just a bit. Even theoretically would make a difference. If only to get the fuck out of this between place. I've had the same thing in my mind for weeks, like wolves going over and over the same place, like rain. The winter chubby with opportunity, guilty for not doing something with it. I read now to be out in the world. It's a bit of noise over the others, the wolves, the wolves. When I have a think about the other day, with your lovely family, the sun, the summer, I marinate in the memory. I don't know what to do. I'm going through a lot. I'm thinking of you. I think I should be able to see you. I'm thinking, come over and we can get together. Yes, we can have some dinner. It's a good place to be, together. When I get your message, I think, I love you so. I love you so. It's so weird to not be with you, with only the wolves, over and over. But I'm a little better than the other day. I am done with this game. I will make a cup of tea, get a blanket, go over all the things we can do, get to know the new me and the wolves. The nightingale is reading the chat of the town as we go to bed singing back about what happens when the sun comes in, in the living world we have decided is not our human one. It says the rain has come out, and the weather looks set to be perfect for the winter. Can't you find it? It's in my room, in my mind, in your car. Get your musical instruments. It's a message. I'm trying to find someone to help me. The water is trying to say things. And the wolves. The wolves. That I have time, and a lot more than just me, that the light of the moon's dance is an awesome thing, that we will be fine and we will get a chance to see the others. What happens now is a new year in the wheel of time. There's no good choice. Choose what you have to. The wolves can help, can be good for this, if you get a chance to get to know them. What happens now is uncertain. That is, not decided, a choice. Hope and pray for the best. It's a scary time for many of us. I've got chills. Oh, <laughs> I was listening and I was like, oh, I should make some notes because I'll forget. So I think I read that when you posted it. And yet hearing you say it was like hearing it like I'd never heard it before. That's really lovely. I, my parents have said the same. They think I should do a recorded series of the book. I think you should. I really think you should. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was trying to jot down some things as you were going but I only got like half the lines what was the one about I read to get outside or something I read now to be out in the world I read now to be out in the world that just sums up everything doesn't it yeah like <laughs> wow in a lot of ways yeah, yeah. I mean, this podcast you know I listen to these pieces now to get out in the world <laughs> yeah. yeah like you said that and this chill just went through my whole body I was like oh that's it that's what this is yeah, I I love that, Jess. Um, I mean, it's so exciting to make the things I get handed. I mean, well, I was gonna, this... yeah, I was gonna ask like how because I know to begin with you were quite, um, I was gonna say strict, but that's not the word I mean, but quite rigid at keeping lines together and piecing things together. Whereas at this point, were you being more free with it and using them as inspiration a bit more rather than specific lines? Yeah. So I mean, th things 
the whole project has evolved a lot. I think initially I wanted everyone to be able to find all of the things that they'd submitted. I wanted everyone who'd been involved to be able to go, yes, that's my line. But I noticed after a while that a lot of the poems are getting quite samey. There was a lot of repeated ideas, um, not necessarily that I was given exactly the same things to work with, but they came across as a little bit sort of like an instructions list or like a I don't know, it, it kind of came together in a similar way every time. So after a while, I decided that I would allow myself to be a bit freer with the structure, a bit freer with repetition. But I mean, even this poem, there isn't a single word in this poem that didn't come from people's predictive text responses. Mm. But I cut them up a lot more. And things like the wolves, that was one line that I had from someone about the wolves, but I loved it so much and I couldn't get the idea out of my head that I decided they had to keep coming back. And I liked the idea that they were kind of, you know, the thoughts in the back of your head, there were things sort of walking around that you can get rid of um, that were either good or bad omens, whatever you made of them. Uh, and uh, yeah, that really stuck with me. So mm. I, I kind of, I was much freer and a lot of the more recent ones have been freer I've tried to do more experimental things with the structure. Yeah, I mean, I think what you did with the wolves was brilliant. Um, I also, well, there were certain bits in that that I thought that, yes, this is what we need to be doing now. So like, have a cup of tea, get a blanket. We will get to see each other again. Like, it will turn out different. It will turn out fine. We've just got to kind of huddle down almost um and yeah. get through it yeah thank you yeah, I think it's pleasure. amazing yeah and such a, a brilliant idea for a project as well when you came up with that one it was really exciting I, th I think the idea kind of just came upon me like I, I saw things on Twitter where people were playing games with sort of oh use your predictive text to respond to this and I thought well couldn't you use that for something you know everyone's online now everyone's bored everyone's just scrolling Twitter and the, they had so many participants in these things that I just thought you could use that you could do something really exciting with it and it's quite fun as well as a person submitting to it because you're like oh I wonder what my phone's gonna say this time um, like <laughs> yeah. what's it gonna come out with <laughs> Um, and then, you know, you have all this amazing material that you can put together and, yeah, create a poem out of all. Well, yeah, you're discovering mm. what your phone thinks you think about, <laughs> what it thinks that you talk about, which is is quite exciting. And I, I mean, I have to say it's been an amazing collaborative experience. I feel like everyone who contributes makes this poem. And it's been really nice for me when I've been struggling with creativity because I'm not starting from scratch. I'm starting with threads and ideas and things to build off of and cut together and experiment with. And that's been really freeing creatively. Well, how many of those have you done now? Gosh, uh, what a good question. You know, I lose track. I think 14, I think. The wow. next one will be the 15th. Very good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you've got that creative outlet to tap into. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think... You know, it's it's not necessarily creating a bunch of my own stuff from scratch, but it has been a really nice thing to just have <laughs> to do. Would you like to read your poem? Um, yeah, so I'm quite amazed that you're able to actually write stuff at the moment, even if you are saying, well, it's not me starting from scratch and I've got all these ideas from other people. Um, because as I've probably mentioned many times, on this podcast, I have really struggled to create anything new this past year or so. And especially when it comes to poetry, and I'm not sure why that is, but um, instead I've been sort of thinking about more like novel length ideas and sort of trying to do some research for that instead, which maybe that's just me procrastinating. So that, that's what I've been doing. And also looking back at some older work that I've done. So I think, was it 2018? I did these little poetry films to do with the Lake District and that was one of our university modules. I found those at some point in 2020 and decided to actually upload them um, onto YouTube as separate things so they're called waterlogged poems um, and and they're amazing and you should check them out on YouTube. <laughs> um, yeah and I mean I was hoping to actually do some more of those when I rediscovered them and thought actually I, I could do these 
again because it's like site specific I'd go to a certain place and then set up my camera and then I'd write at the same time as like filming and they're all to do with lakes and tarns and rivers in the Lake District but not the kind of typical ones you usually go to like Oldswater or Windermere or like the big places so I was hoping to do more of those and I just haven't yet so maybe that's something for 2021 but yeah another thing that I found was some poetry that I did I think this might have been even like three years ago where I did a lot of family tree research and then wrote poems about different people that I found and well basically all of my family lived near Sheffield doing mining so yeah we go back like generations and that's all we kind of find and then I found this one name on the family tree and I think in about 18 1880 maybe I think was about as far as I got back um, and found this particular lady um, and her story and where she lived was just so different to anyone else that I found in that family tree so that's what I wrote this poem about. Clemeno, who were you? Your name stands out in neon amongst the Anns and the Sarahs and Marys. Was it a typo on your birth certificate? Or are you the first sign of our speculated Belgian history? An old family name that found its way to industrial Yorkshire, carried on the lips of refugees, the cheapest meaningful baggage. Is it the dim memory of fleeing that keeps us close to home? A family of home birds, but you the first that left Yorkshire to journey south to London. How did you cope in the sprawling city where all you had known was your small valley town? Did you feel lost and overwhelmed, or did the smog and permanent puffing from factories comfort you and remind you of home? You and the coal both carried there on wagons to keep the pulsing heart beating. Did you embrace it all, intoxicated as I am by the speed, the rush of happenings racing all around you? What did your family think, everyone you left behind? Did they approve? Did they understand? Could they understand? Did they see your move as a betrayal? Were you the rash one, the risk taker? Giving up a life that your mum and sister had as housewives and enter service in a distant city to serve someone other than your flesh and blood. Did you miss home? Did you feel trapped in a city's disillusionment? Or did you love it until the end of your days? Maybe one day I will encounter your echo on a busy London street and sense your happiness or homesickness through the worn soles of my feet. Gosh, that's gorgeous. I have to ask you, was it the name that drew you to this person in your family history? Or do you think it was something in you that identified with this kind of getting away from the small town and moving to the big city? I think it was the name first, just Mm -hmm. because it was so unusual in that family tree and then going through... I think it was ancestry.com and then you click on it and then it tells you like I don't know if it if it said like where she died and that was in London and that she'd gone into service there whereas everyone else is like in Sheffield forever so yeah I think I think it was it was both really and then this sense of I know like nothing about her so then you have to create these different images of people and what their narrative could have been so yeah I, I do feel like connected to her and yet that could just be all a figment of my imagination. Yeah, I, I mean, I love that though. I mean, it's kind of this ephemeral person who could be or might be that echo that you say that you might encounter on a busy street in London. I, I really love that image. I also really love the image of the the idea of her being carried like coal on the wagons to keep the pulsing heart of London beating. I mean, that's such a modern image and also kind of industrial old London image of, you know, and you, you link the two, you talk about being intoxicated by the speed, the rush of the happenings racing all around you in London, but that definitely feels like how the city feels. It's interesting. Cause when I read it back, I was like, Oh, pulsing heart. Like that's a bit cliche, isn't it? You know, <laughs> I think like now I'd write it quite differently. Um, but I, I didn't edit it too much just cause I didn't want to take away from like what, the piece that I wrote three years ago or whenever. That's that's really interesting. I guess that's part of the whole, if you leave it in a drawer for three years and come back to it, you'll have a different perspective on it. I think 
poems constantly evolve in that kind of way and that's wonderful but i mean at the pulsing heart maybe it's cliche but it does definitely get across an image it makes me think of all, all those kind of time-lapsed images of like cars and people moving around a city london i think is still the heart isn't it and all the roads and the train lines and everything they are all arteries for yes. london yeah mm, it's interesting interesting i think you also seem to have built in a lot of your own personal conflicts maybe about living in the lake district where you do and being kind of remote in a lot of ways and that kind of simultaneous longing and fear for big city life and kind of you know will you be homesick or will you love it there and yeah yeah as a as another small towner I sympathize (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I think that's why I was so drawn to this this woman who so like my family now are pretty much again based in in and around Sheffield so there's very few of us that move particularly far and yeah it just I just feel this kind of kinship with her really that you know even though I know nothing about her and I kind of I like to think that she had similar ideas and I don't wish that she had the same internal conflicts but yeah that we would kind of think the same way but yeah so it was it was nice to to go back and look at look at old work I realized that a lot of my other poems are just kind of miserable (laughs) so I didn't really want to read any of those (laughs) Um, whereas this has like a note of positivity (laughs) I think (laughs) well you mentioned your waterlogged poems as well I don't think they're miserable I think they're they're beautiful evocations of of place and a specific place as well what it's like to actually inhabit the space of the lakes and and not the places that tourists go to but the places that exist outside of that that color Mm. in the rest of the map as it were and from what I remember I did those at kind of off season for the Lake District so I think the colors are quite muted because I think it it must have been I don't know if I did them in January so yeah the the colors were quite muted and the trees aren't you know in full color or anything like that I don't know it seemed quite important to me to show different ways of of looking at the landscape and and the the different experiences that we get living here all year yeah absolutely that that other side to it I mean we've had other pieces on the podcast about that kind of thing you know the other side of a of a tourist place it's very interesting So we should start wrapping up the episode round about now, but we thought we'd both just say what we're up to at the moment. So Jess, I know you're really busy. Um, you've got loads going on. Do you want to share what you're up to? Uh, yeah, so I've been doing a lot of freelance blogging and volunteer blogging for places. And a couple of things have started up recently. One is uh, a family blog, which is about taking climate action, where myself and my whole family together have been setting some climate goals for ourselves. Uh, whether that's stuff within the house or wider stuff that's kind of political, signing petitions, getting involved in projects, whatever else. And that's called Our House is on Fire. And you can find that at ourhouseisonfire.co.uk. Um, and I've also been blogging for a project called the Climate Journal Project, who are amazing. And they are just launching their new journals actually they have created physical journals they started out a bit like the isolation project the isolation journals project sending Mm -hmm. email prompts to people to get them to reflect on their relationship with the environment and environmentalism and you know processing climate anxiety which is quite prevalent at the moment that's kind of one of their main things is helping people to write about their climate anxiety in order to process it and move past it They're finally launching their Kickstarter on the 21st of January for their physical journals, which are going to be amazing. That's really exciting. So as you know, Jess, I work at a travel guidebook publisher called Cicerone Press, and I run the kind of podcast and live event side of things for them. And I don't think I've talked about it on here before, but we launched our podcast in October of 2020 which is one of the reasons that, you know, maybe Unlatched, there weren't as many episodes as we wanted um, because I was trying to run two different things all at the same time. But yeah, so that's going really well. We've had some lovely guests on that. I got to speak to Raina Wynn, which was absolutely amazing. She wrote The Salt Path and The Wild Silence and is just 
the loveliest person. So that was really special. And then the episode that's just come out for the podcast was with a lady called Zoe Langley Wathen. And that episode is all about saying yes to things that scare you. And it's in the context of kind of long distance walking and that sort of thing. But I think a lot of it is relevant to now. And she talks a lot about resilience and how you build that up and building confidence to do things that, you know, really scare you. So I just, yeah, I think if if people are struggling with that sort of thing at the moment, I think it's a really great episode to to listen to because she's such an inspiring lady and just I don't know she's just so down to earth and so chill and um she'd recently moved onto a narrowboat in Wales when I spoke to her so I got to interview someone on a narrowboat uh, with boats going past behind so yeah it was it was really nice so yeah that's what I'm up to really it's amazing that sounds really important for now as well you know everything seems scary at the moment and having some advice from someone who's done some terrifying things And she's also really good at this idea of micro-adventure and micro-bravery and how you don't have to go and do something enormous like climbing Everest or doing a bungee jump or like a skydive or whatever. It might be that for you, it's going out for a walk because you've been shielding or you're in lockdown and you haven't been feeling able to do that. So going out for a walk is a big thing to do or going camping for the first time on a campsite or any of these things. Yeah, I think she's she's a brilliant woman. That sounds great. I'm going to have to listen to that. So that brings us to the end of this episode, episode nine of the Unlatched podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this, um, even though it's been a different format and has been much more of just Jess and I um, having a chat and sharing some of our own work. But I hope you've enjoyed it and that it's been a nice relaxing thing to listen to our submissions for episode 10 and kind of upcoming episodes are open our submissions are open all the time so you can find all the information you need to submit on our website unlatchedpodcast.com you can also find us on social media uh, twitter at unlatchedpod instagram and facebook unlatchedpodcast where we share work from previous contributors as well as contributors of the kind of current episode so yeah it's all kind of collected there and thank you again to all of our contributors and musician spotlights that we have had over the course of 2020 yeah thank you very much and we'll be back soon the unlatched podcast is an ongoing project run by amy hodkin and jessica cashton brown the theme music was composed by josh cashton 